What's up, everybody? I hope you guys have enjoyed the series on Elijah, and I pray that it has been a blessing to you. And today we finish the series on Elijah as he makes his grand exit. But before we get there, let me thank you again for joining me, and please tell others about this podcast. Share it on social media. Help me spread the word so that together we can lift others up and encourage them to walk in the power of God's truth. I pray for those who are walking through the fire right now. I pray that if that is you, you will feel God's presence and know that He loves you. I pray that God gives you incredible strength to persevere. I pray that God's favor would overwhelm you and His grace and mercy would pursue you. You know, I have enjoyed digging into the life of Elijah. He is considered to be the greatest prophet of all. He was on another level from everyone else, much like Moses. He was a mighty man of God who was anointed and given great power as the prophet of God. And even though there are many other legitimate prophets, there was only one Elijah. But you also see that Elijah was flawed. He could be too harsh at times. He showed that under pressure, even he cracked and gave in to his weakness. He was stubborn and prideful as, you know, and as well as resistant to just admitting that he was wrong, you know, God may have benched Elijah for a time, maybe to help him get his attitude in check, as he does with us. But God wasn't through with him. In fact, many believe that God is still not through with Elijah. You know, many believe that Elijah and Enoch will be the two witnesses that are mentioned in the book of Revelation, because they're only they are the only two people that never died. The Bible says that Enoch was walking with God and then he was not. He was taken. And then Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind right in front of Elisha, leaving only uh, his cloak behind. Then you see Elijah again on the Mount of Transfiguration when he and Moses appear and talk with Jesus. Now I say all of that to say that even though Elijah messed up and had plenty of flaws, God was patient with him and continued to use him with more potentially still to come. Another thing that is interesting about Elijah is that God endowed him with a certain level of power and gave him some leeway or discretion regarding that power. Remember when Elijah stopped the rain and you know, look at what he, what he said in 1 Kings 17.1, he says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. He never says that, you know, it never says that God told Elijah to do that. You know, then look at Elijah's statement. He says, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word, referring to himself. You know, then when Elijah reappears and calls down fire to consume the two captains and their men, There is never any mention that God instructed Elijah to do that, but God allowed Elijah some leeway as his prophet. But you also see that the third time God spoke up in making sure Elijah didn't try to call down fire again. Also, even though Elijah told Ahab that it would not not rain until he gave the word, God stepped in and told Elijah to go and present himself to King Ahab. uh, And he, referring to God, would send rain. So once, so more than once, God steps in to override Elijah and show mercy and grace where Elijah is too harsh. 
in the final chapter of Elijah's ministry, he tries to get Elisha to stay behind as he goes ahead. But Elisha refuses to leave his side until God takes Elijah. Finally, they reach the Jordan River where Elijah takes off his cloak and strikes the water. 2 Kings 2.8 says that Elijah took off his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. So Moses wasn't the only one to part the waters, and Elisha would actually become the third person uh, to do it after Elijah is taken. So after Elijah and Elisha cross over to the other side of the Jordan, Elijah asks Elisha what he can do for him before he is taken, and Elisha asks for a double portion of his spirit or his anointing. But Elijah tells him that is a difficult thing. You know, to ask for because it is not Elijah's to give. But he does tell him that if God allows him to see Elijah being taken, then that will be a sign that God has granted him his request. Then Elijah is taken in Second Kings 2, uh, two uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 11. And it says, As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. The Bible says that Elisha saw him no more. The only thing left behind was his cloak, which was a symbol of his mantle as the prophet of God. The cloak was left behind so that Elijah could take up Elijah's mantle uh, as his successor approved by God to be the leader among the prophets. The chariots of fire and horses of fire came along and separated Elijah from Elisha. Like God was saying, this is as far as you can go, Elisha. But God does allow Elisha to see Elijah being taken. And, and, and when that happens, of course, Elisha is granted the double portion that he asked for. You know? So now this marks the end of an era with the prophets of God, meaning during Elijah's time, there were many legitimate prophets of God. You know, there was enough of them that they had multiple towns where the prophets lived together in their own communities. Now, there were there were none like Elijah. There was, you could say there was like three levels of prophets, basically. You had the regular prophets. They talk about the prophets' guild. You know, so you had these these regular prophets. Then you had Elisha, and then you had Elijah. But, after Elijah, the, the the number of real prophets of God became fewer and fewer. You know, uh, Elijah was kind of like in a league of his own, so to speak. But after him, the number of prophets uh, that God called and the number of legitimate prophets that had, you know, that really spoke for God, they became fewer and fewer. You know, if you have been alive long enough, you know that, We've entered a new era in this country and across the world and a new era in the church. I feel, you know, I feel in my bones that we are about to enter a new era in the body of Christ. Just like, you know, the people of this country are waking up. I believe God's people are being stirred up. I believe a revival is coming. The world has seen timid Christians for too long, but God is doing a new thing. He is calling his people out of the shadows he is calling his people to live boldly for him, to live out their faith for the world to see.
Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Psalm 138.3 says, When I called, you answered me. You made me bold by strengthening my soul. Proverbs 28.1 says, A wicked person flees when no one is chasing him, but righteous people are as bold as lions. God, I believe you are bringing us into a new era. I believe in my soul that revival is coming to your church. I believe that you are stirring the hearts of those who love you and calling your people out of the shadows to stand boldly for you, to declare your truth, and to live a life that declares there is a God in heaven and he is on the move. A life that brings glory to your name. God, I pray that you will fill your people with the power of the Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, Lord, so that we might stand against the enemy. Give us the confidence to pray bold prayers and then not doubt, but to believe and see you move. Let others see our faith and confidence in you being affirmed so that they will know there is a God in heaven and they will know that they can put their hope and faith in you. Set the hearts of your people on fire, Lord, and let the world see us shine for you. Lord, your word says in Matthew 5.16, In the same way, let your light shine in front of people so that they will see the good that you do and praise your Father in heaven. I pray that everyone would ask themselves, If I am all of Jesus that someone might see today, how much of Jesus will they actually see? Then go forward in the boldness of Christ and show the world the gentleness of Christ, the love, mercy, and grace that turned hearts toward God. And we will give you all the glory and honor for what you are about to do. All this we ask in your name. Amen.